There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Michael Grubbs, a.k.a. Wakey Wakey, and this is Bridge the Atlantic. Welcome to Bridge Atlantic's interviews, where we get to know the people behind and in front of the creative industries. We're your hosts, music web designer Ross Barber-Smith from Scotland, owner of Electric Kiwi, where we create awesome custom websites for bands, artists and musicians. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook as Electric Kiwi. And I'm singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist Marcin Avelli from Canada, a man who wears many hats, literally and figuratively. When I'm not releasing music under my own name, I'm producing and mixing records for other artists. Speaking of which, if you'd like me to work on your next song or album just get in touch you can follow me on twitter instagram facebook spotify and patreon as my name marcio novelli and we're excited to share that we've made some significant updates to our patreon page and we invite you to become an official patron of the show yeah perks include early access to content uh sponsored ads not only at the end but now at the start of our shows as well as your chance to co-host an episode alongside your two favorite co-hosts ross and i of course naturally yeah, naturally, indeed. We've uh, also got official BTA shirts available to purchase on our website. Uh, as you see, we are rocking them today. I'm I'm in navy and Marcio's in white. Mm-hmm. And there's a link to get them in our show notes. If you use the coupon code, the coupon code <laughs> BTA rocks, you'll receive ten percent off your purchase. Is our little way of saying. I'm trying to think which language I want to gracias. say this one in today. Obrigado. Yeah, let's just go with the the, the favorite. Gracias. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I recently released uh, a new acoustic EP, a new uh, acoustic solo EP, I should say. It's called The Reimagining Volume 1, and you can listen to it anywhere and absolutely everywhere that you like to download or stream music. I strongly encourage you to share it freely with the world and uh, spread the love. Spread the love, baby. Yep. <laughs> spread that love all over the place. Stop. <laughs> oh, I know. I really need to stop. Stop. But- Joining us this week out of Brooklyn, New York, is Michael Grubbs of Wakey Wakey. Michael is also known as Grubbs from One Tree Hill, where Wakey Wakey's music was featured. Mm -hmm. The band's 2010 album, Almost Everything I Wish I Said the Last Time I Saw You, hit number one on the Billboard Heat Seekers chart, and they've released two more successful albums since then. I love that title. The band has a dedicated fan base, and this is shown through their Salvation album exceeding their crowdfunding goal by 141%. And the numerous tattoos fans have of Wakey Wakey's lyrics. Their latest album, Overreactivist, is out now. And we're excited to hear more about Michael's career and the advice he'd offer to his fellow musicians. Welcome to the show, Michael. Hey, guys. What's up? Thanks for having me. No worries, man. welcome. Uh, Ross, you feel like getting awkward off the bat? What do you think? Always. That's the the number one thing I want to do (laughs) on the show is get awkward right away. So tell us three things about yourself that everyone should know. Um, let's see. I think uh, number one thing everyone should know is I've got a, a hound dog named Buster. Uh, he's the coolest dog in the world and he can get me a beer from the refrigerator. Uh, that's something I've worked really hard on. Um, 
Let's see what else? I'm uh, I'm a musician. I, I play in a band called Wakey Wakey. I think you guys covered that already, though. And uh, I live in Brooklyn. Oh, we have, yeah, um, we did. Yeah, I live in Brooklyn, New York. You you covered that already too. Um, I'm six foot two. Uh, I uh, like long walks on the beach. Um, I think we're past five things though. Uh, three three things. things. So you're you're way ahead of us. <laughs> And yeah. uh, before before we started this interview, I overheard you talking to Ross about something about really loving Glasgow or something. So I love it. We're just going to hold that thought. And I'm already sad because I'm already going to lose. This is just foreshadowing that I'm clearly going to lose something later in this episode. But anyway, I already know it. And it's really sad. Wait, it's not your virginity, Marcia. You already lost that. <laughs> I lost that a long so, time ago. Um, and it's not your dignity Way because you, you already lost that. <laughs> no. So, oh, Still got my pride. Lose? <laughs> well, maybe you will lose that. We will, time will tell. Time yes. will tell. But before we get to you know the point of losing things, um, I kind of want to jump back in time, kind of the earlier or early-ish days of Wakey Wakey. Um, I think many people probably first heard of Wakey Wakey through One Tree Hill, and I read that the placement that you received in One Tree Hill in some ways saved your career. Um, how did that placement come about, and what impact did it have on you? Well, I mean, there, the, I think it, it definitely saved my career. I was ready to quit music when I got my first placement on that show. Because, you know, New York is a great city, but it's a really hard place to be a musician. And for like 10 years, I've been playing music and having n- nobody cared, you know, um, and uh, playing the same songs that everyone loved once they, you know, were once people were exposed to them. But it just doesn't, you know, it's kind of like screaming into an echo chamber. Um, so... Uh, I was actually at this open mic at a bar called Bar 4 that no longer exists. And um, there was a a girl there that I wanted to impress. And so I asked my friend to put me um, to put me up to play next. And I did. And it turned out that she was one of the um, writers for One Tree Hill. Uh, so uh, and I went over to her right after I played and she was like, all right, here's the thing. First off, I'm engaged. I know you didn't notice my ring, but uh, I write for this television show and you should totally be a part of it. Um, so then she brought Mark Schwann, the creator of the show to that same open mic where he sat and waited like four hours for me to play, um, like two weeks later. And, uh, he really liked this stuff and he put, put it on the show. And and the next thing you know, I had a career and people cared when I played music and it was pretty cool. Now, if that's not being at the right place at the right time, that is fantastic. But we've talked about this a lot in the show that it's a lot of success is about seeing an opportunity and grabbing it. You know what I mean? And, and, and just putting yourself out there. If you decided not to go to the open mic that night, maybe you're, eh, I don't feel like playing it. That wouldn't have happened. So I, you know, the funny thing about that, um, that hang where I, you know, where I met Shana and then I met Mark was like, I wonder how many other places I could have met them before that, or how many places I wasn't in the right place at the right time. You know, um, it really is a matter of, um, I, I think persistence and just continuing to go to it, put yourself in public situations where you never know what's going to happen. And then just when you're there trying to be kind of cool, you know, like, cause there is the thing, like there are a lot of young musicians, I think that are like, I've got to go say hi to everybody. I've got to do all this stuff. And, mm-hmm. and they, they kind of are, you know, it, it can, you can become really annoying really quick. Yeah. You're you know? eager. Yeah. yeah. So you have to kind of find uh, that. Don't, great don't balance. appear desperate. Yeah. That's pretty exactly. simple. Yeah, you might have My that feeling it, inside, but just don't do it on the outside. Yeah, totally. My friends call it the scent of the unlaid. Once you get the scent of the unlaid, you just never get laid again. <laughs> that's, that's good. I like that. Uh, we talked a little bit about this in the intro about success of uh, your, particularly your crowdfunding campaign. 
I want to ask you, you know, how important is it to have fans who are willing to support you in that way? You know, like, how do you keep building that relationship with them? I think that it's, it's um, like, so I've, I've really mixed feelings about crowdfunding. I'll be upfront about that uh, because I think that it's, um, I think that it's an amazing uh, thing for people to be able to raise money in non-traditional ways. I think it's really good, but I also have the mindset that the, the person that the mind that makes you a really good musician makes you a pretty bad business person. And starting a pledge campaign is essentially starting your own business where you're in charge of fulfilling these pledges of dealing with all the one-to-one contact of all the, I mean, it's, you really are, you know, with the scope of the pledge campaign that I did was so big and I literally did it from my living room. It was like me and one other guy and, you know, trying to talk to all these people in SUA, trying to deal with angry emails from people being like, where's my CD, you know, or where's my, my album. And uh, there's so many logistics that happen. Like labels suck, but they do exist for a reason because it's a lot of shit that you have to deal with. And it, it kind of blows. And I think I pissed off a lot of my fans by doing that. Oh, but, no. Yeah. But I think like, the you know, the other side of it is uh, it definitely uh, cut the, you know, it showed me who my really intense loving fans were and they all, it really closed our community. So you know, Wakey Wakey's always been the kind of band that was really important to a really small group of people. And um, so it really kind of solidified that group and brought us together closer. I know every city I play in, there's probably five or six fans that I see that I know their names, you know, because we've been touring so long and, and seeing these people so often. And um, it's an intimate community. And so I, I do think it is important to try and cultivate that kind of community with your fans. I love or that. You I can, can relate be, to that as an artist as well. Yeah. The other side of it is though, I mean, you can also go out and be like, you know, you can also do like the, the strokes version where it's like, you kind of treat your fans like shit and they like you because of that too. <laughs> you know? Oh God. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that <laughs> <Yeah>. one. <laughs> I think it just depends. Like, I think it really depends on what kind of life you want to have, you know, like for me, I'm the kind of guy that like, when I get a sandwich delivered to my house, I, I have a conversation with the delivery guy. You know what I mean? Like, hey, man, how are you doing? Everything good? All right, thanks yeah. for my sandwich. Have a good one. You know? So it would be really awkward for me to have a situation with my fans where I tried to be some like aloof rock star. It's just not my thing. So at the moment, you're releasing a series of EPs featuring covers um, in collaboration with other artists. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that and also what's next for Wakey Wakey? Well, the, I, I mean, my idea was that there's all these songs that I really like and, and, um, you know, my, my, the guy who's kind of the other half of, the unofficial other half of Wakey Wakey is this guy, Chris Cubetta that, um, produced the first album and also the most recent album. Um, it, he's a partner at this really beautiful studio called Studio G in, um, in Greenpoint, um, on the Greenpoint Williamsburg border here in Brooklyn. Um, and, uh. So we suddenly had access to this amazing studio and we know all these amazing musicians. And it was like, why don't we just collaborate and make something, you know, make something cool that, that people are going to, you know, enjoy. And why not? I mean, I don't know. I also like being a musician means having a lot of downtime and, and learning to regulate that downtime and learning to continue, like to have a work ethic is really important. So for me, it was a matter of like, let's go to the studio and make something today, you know, and what we made turned out to be these kind of cool covers so um and then i like that so i kept doing that <laughs> that's great you awesome. know a lot of people like I, I think the idea of collaborating um is very alive in pop music and rap music and hip-hop and everything but i think in like i don't know there's a lot of genres still where people don't collaborate as much or they think it has to be this big thing but 
I mean, there was years ago. I mean, how much like John Lennon and everyone and Paul McCartney, all that they would collaborate with so many people in like the '60s. It wasn't even a big mm-hmm. deal, and they'd have all these different projects. And then that kind of died down. I, but I do think there's a resurgence of that, you know, where people are starting to collaborate again. But like, why not? I think there's like this competitive nature as well. Like, music is a weird career because we all like the we all love each other. You know what I mean? We all support each other. We go to each other's shows and all that stuff. Um, but you know, there's also a side of it where it's like, there's a competitiveness to it and the competitiveness makes you better at what you do. You know, like, um, it's so funny now that I've been doing this so long. There's like, um, there's this one band that I had like legit beef with back in the day. Like we fucking didn't like each other, but we both really kind of respected each other in this kind of weird way. And now I hang out with the lead singer of that band all the time. And we laugh about it. Cause we're like, man, why did we, you know, why did we, have such a weird competition with each other. Like, what was it about? And, and um, it's funny because it, we do acknowledge that I think it made us both better. So, you know, that competition made us better. So it's a weird thing. I don't know. I think that um, for me now though, I just know too many talented people that, that I want to just hang out with. So why not do it in a studio and make something beautiful while we do it? Yeah, either being competitive or trying to get a girl's attention. Either or, it makes you better. Yeah, <laughs> <totally>. <laughs> Totally. Michael, are you ready for 20 questions? Oh, man. I, is anyone ever ready for 20 questions? I think yes. I, I think I you. am. You're going to be the one that's ready for 20 questions. Coffee or tea? What's in that mug? Coffee. Meat or veggies? Meat. Twitter or Facebook? Facebook. Indie or major? Indie. Education or experience? Uh, experience. New York or Virginia? New York. The Simpsons or Family Guy? Family Guy. TV or Netflix? Netflix. Talent or attitude? Talent. And I just realized I like this question so much that I put it twice. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so, so I'm gonna, okay, go ahead, Ross. Take, you take, can ask me again. I, I could ask you again, no, no. but Friends or Seinfeld? Seinfeld. Wakey, wakey? Or Asleep, Asleep? <laughs> sleep Asleep. <laughs> All the way. <laughs> Oh, Marcio, that was uh, that was one of your best. I've well, got to say. next time, don't fucking write talent or attitude twice and, have, and leave me like a split second to make shit up. Oh, oh it's part of my charm. Is it? I feel like you should ask me the talent or attitude one again, though, because I feel like this time I would say say attitude, but I it's like, <laughs> like I said talent and it came to my mouth, and I was like, wait, that's wrong. Like that's the wrong yeah, answer. That's so wrong. It's it the is the speed round for you. Really Get you every time. Elton John or Billy Joel. Elton. One Tree Hill or the OC? One Tree Hill, man. Game of Thrones or The Walking Dead? Game of Thrones. Celine Dion or Marilyn Manson? Marilyn Manson. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton? Jackson. Sorry, Ross. The Bolt just doesn't get enough love. Batman it or doesn't. Superman? Superman. Now, don't overthink this. This no. only exists because it rhymes. Mm-hmm. Whale or kale? Kale. This also only exists because it rhymes. Bet Midler or the Riddler? <laughs> the Riddler. <laughs> and your final, mm. final question: Ross or Marcio? Ooh, man. Rossio? Can I combine you? Thank into you. One? You absolutely oh, can. God, that's really, the right this answer. is a trick question, right? It really no is one's the supposed right to answer that question. Yeah. I figured. 
Yeah, but well, it's because do. you're one of the few that figured, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a politician. I'm a politician musician. <laughs> I want to ask you, for artists who feel like they aren't really moving forward in their career, you know, the stagnancy is a killer, what would you suggest that they do to turn things around other than being in the right place at the right time? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think they should go to the bar for open mic and get seen by the yeah. creator of a of a hit television show. <laughs> okay, that would I'll be write the best way to do it. <laughs> uh, you know what I would say now, with a little bit of of distance from the early days of my career, I would say that they should sit down and ask themselves if they really like the art that they're making. If the art that they're making is coming from an honest place, or if they're trying to make something that goes into some kind of mold. Mm-hmm. The uh, you know, I think I was in like three or four different projects. I played under different names and stuff before Wakey Wakey. And Wakey Wakey was this really spontaneous. It was supposed to be like an art project. It wasn't going to be a band. Like I never wanted to have to explain the fucking name Wakey Wakey to everybody for the rest of my life. You know, but the, and then those songs cut on because I think they were definitely the most honest songs I'd ever written. You know, that was when I really boiled it down to who I wanted to be. I had a different level of confidence that made me able to say things from my own true voice, you know? Um, so if there's someone that's kind of having a little bit of stagnance, I think they should ask like, are they really, uh, is it time to kind of start fresh, you know, to, to say, okay, maybe this, maybe this isn't clicking for some reason. Um, you know, uh, and if they, if the answer to the question is that they really do love the music that they're making or the art that they're making, then they have to just keep fucking doing it, do it and shut the fuck up. Because it's like, you know, like being an artist is about making beautiful art. It's not about selling it, you know, uh, being, a, being a musician is about creating something that's, that needs to exist in the world that doesn't exist. And that's, it's not about marketing it. You know, if you, if you do what you love, then eventually it'll fall in the right ears. You know, I'm just teasing you, but I don't, I'm not really actually taking away from the fact that you were quote unquote discovered uh, in yeah. that way, because... Really, that's what we all hope. You know what I mean? It's not, it mm-hmm. could have been that or it could have been anything else. It could have been an email to record. It doesn't really matter. The point is that you worked on your craft. You know what I mean? And you put yourself out there. And some people might even turn their noses up at an open mic, but you didn't. You went there and you freaking played. And yeah. look, what it, look what it went to. So it's just the idea of like, I guess, not to turn your nose up at things, not to, not to, like, it's, it was so much easier for you to just stay at home that day. It really would have been. You know what I mean? So yeah. the idea is that you didn't. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of defending my, my, my teasing here because it is, it, it, there is legitimacy to it. It doesn't matter how, man, you know, it, yeah. I'm just trying to tell people you do whatever you have to do. You go anywhere, you get yourself out there publicly via the internet everywhere. And you just do the best work that you can do. It pays off. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I was discovered, like I was discovered mm-hmm, after being at a bar for 10 years. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there I you been, go. Like <laughs> exactly. I've been out like, I was discovered after sitting in front of a piano for 20 years and being exactly. in, at a bar in a noisy place with a bunch don't of people. See. Yeah. Like, that's the thing people don't like know. Was... How long did you work in your craft? You know what I mean? How long yeah. have you been doing that stuff? So people think like, oh, it's just like that. It's not. That was like your first tiny little break. Like, you know. Yeah. If yeah. I had never, like, if that was the first time I'd gone to that bar, then fuck me, man. I'm, I'm a dick. And I, you know what I mean? But like, <laughs> we had been going there and we had been going there every yeah. week for years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like every Tuesday night for years, we mm-hmm. went to this place and, and we built a community of artists and we mm-hmm. challenged each other and we drank too much. And we, you know, <laughs> like 
It was like our yeah. little clubhouse and it was, it was awesome. Like, I don't even, the funny thing is people ask me about music at that time. And I don't know what was on the radio. I don't know what was going on in indie music. I don't know what was going on in any of those things. Cause the only people I listened to were my friends and there were people that no one else probably has heard of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like um, people that, you know, kind of uh, were in this underground scene and that was it. And that's, you know, that's what made me, me. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and when it comes to placements, is there any advice that you would offer to artists who want to get their music featured in film or TV? Um, I mean, I think like, that's one of those things where it's like, tell, like to tell someone how to be pretty, you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, you should, like, I feel like, you know, having music in a film or a television, the reason it gets placed is because it's specific. It doesn't get placed because mm-hmm. it was written to be a jingle. You know what I mean? Um, so if your music encapsulates a feeling that's honest to you and you speak with that level of honesty, then I feel like that'll resonate with the people that do the sync stuff. Um, you know, I know that when I try to write something for sync, it's always bad. Uh, but if I just make a song that I feel like is honest, then it tends to be placed in, in stuff. I'm so, pretty sure like the only time that's ever worked is when Goo Goo Dolls wrote Iris. <laughs> <laughs> for that one movie it turned out perfect but yeah 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 i've actually heard yeah. i think it was like everyone from amy lee of evanescence to like several other artists where i know they've written things for like these huge movies and they got rejected you know what i mean and they're like well yeah. screw you this is totally. a great song i'm gonna put it on my album <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um, i'm definitely gonna no, listen man, to iris uh, today by the way oh such a good song right such a classic so uh, just quickly, man, um, I'd like to know if you, looking back at your career, like, is there anything that you kind of wish you knew now that uh, you didn't know back then or something you would have said to your younger self, maybe particularly at that moment when you were just about to quit? <laughs> I mean, to, so to say, like, so there's two different questions there. There's what have I learned through the process and there's what would I say to myself at the beginning of the process? Um, what I would say to myself at the beginning of the process is just like, stick with it, man. It's going to be all right. (laughs) You know, like just keep doing it and, um, you know, like try and do it in a sustainable way. Um, you know, so like, don't like realize that you're setting out on a marathon. You're not setting out on a sprint. It's going to be a long fucking time. So like get a job where you can make a shit ton of money and (laughs) you know what I mean? Like get the day job that takes the least effort and gives you the most money. Like be a bartender is a great idea. And try not to drink all your money away and, like, and start off on the marathon. Um, and as far as what I would say to myself in the midst of the career, like everyone always says, like, you see the same, same people on the way down from the top that you see on the way up. You know what I mean? Like learn everybody's name, do all that stuff. And it really is like, I can't underestimate how important that is. I can't understate how important that is because it really, really is true. Like I would go back. I would attempt to be more present in the places where I was to be more uh, in the room. Cause I, sp- I spent so much time in a, like, it's funny. Like I think about my, my career, like being like on a, on stage at a fucking stadium and like being so overstimulated and overwhelmed by the whole thing that I barely remember the experience, you know? <laughs> like, um, so I think I would try and just take a deep breath and, and really absorb it all because it's pretty fucking cool. Absolutely. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Where's the best place for people to connect with you online? Um, 
I think probably uh, the Instagram is, is a lot of fun. Uh, Instagram is uh, wakey wakey music or Perfect. Facebook. Um, I, I don't Facebook as much these days because I don't, I don't like, I, I really don't like Facebook. <laughs> I don't like Twitter either. I don't like social media, <laughs> but, but I try. So go uh, so follow him, even the, though he doesn't like. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it, but I, I do it. Like, um, it's literally that thing where Sue yells at me about it, but the, um, I feel like Instagram is a good place also if you want to see like pictures of my dog and stuff. <laughs> just like, and who, just who like doesn't love that? Like, exactly. exactly. For me, it's I mean, pictures people of my follow kids. me for my dog and then, you know, they get the other stuff and then they're just like, we just want pictures of I your dog. I told you, man, the like, photos of my kids get like three times the amount of likes. That's, just what, it is. That's what I'm talking about right there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as for us, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, and YouTube. Uh, don't forget to visit our website and pick up one of our shirts while you are there. Yeah, and as I mentioned earlier, uh, my new acoustic EP, The Reimagining Volume 1, is available everywhere and anywhere. I'm also working on my second full-length solo album, and you can be part of it at marcianovelli.com slash pledge. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and Patreon, which are all my birth-given name. Thanks to my mama, Marcio Novelli. And I'm working on websites for various artists at the moment. You can check out my work at electrickiwi.co.uk. That's electric as in electric and kiwi as in the fruit or the bird. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I need to prefer. explain that. But <laughs> Sometimes I do, believe me. So many people think it's electric wiki. I'm like, no, guys, it's electric kiwi. So This episode was brought to you by 30 Roses, a virtual assistant and consultant to musicians and other creatives, as well as Chris Keaton, Music Entrepreneur HQ, Buck Naked Soap Company, and Social Surge. All links are in the show notes, so do check them out, because why, Ross? They keep the show alive. <laughs> And if you'd like, that's becoming my, my new thing. I think yeah, that yeah. I'm going to have to do that every single oh, time. Please don't. And people are going to hate me yeah, please for don't. it. If you'd Wait, like but to, that might uh, mean that I'll actually start winning some of those Ross and Marcio things. Yeah, but remember that the Ross and Marcio was done before we do this bit. So we'll have already decided <sighs> who it is. Maybe it'll this, carry on. It'll go into the chances. ether. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But if you would like to sponsor the show, visit patreon.com slash bridge the Atlantic. Uh, we've recently updated our rewards, which now includes sponsorship at the start and the end of the show, as well as an opportunity for you to co-host an episode. So um, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube and iTunes and uh, leave us a comment and let us know what you think of the show. Yes. And back to you, Michael. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. I think you've offered some wonderful advice for everybody. Thank you. I appreciate everyone listening. <laughs> And watching too. You. Thank you. Yeah, we do appreciate you. We all appreciate you. Look at this love fest over here. Like group hug. Group hug. Oh, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. Fine. Yeah. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.